Grab your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians, uh, we're going to, hey Jalen, take this right here. We're going to finish up today, Lord's willing, we're going to finish up our series on dealing with the subject of forgiveness. Forgiveness, Ephesians chapter number 4. Uh, uh, it is good to be in the house of the Lord. I don't know about y'all, but I feel little, little God in this place. Amen? Man, it's good to gather with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, we've, been, we've been going like crazy here in the last few weeks, uh, serving here in our own city and, and uh, uh, with our church planning endeavors across the nation. Uh, I want to show y'all a picture while you're turning. Uh, did I tell you what chapter? Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, if I didn't tell you what chapter is Ephesians 4. Uh, but this is, this is uh, the cohort uh, of the pastors and, and, and that are uh, sons from Minnesota, uh, North Carolina, Detroit, uh, uh, Ohio, and let's see, what did I say? Minnesota, Detroit, North Carolina, and Georgia. Georgia is represented, and Indiana, Indiana is represented up there. Uh, uh, so can we just take, take one second and give God praise and glory? For what's happening. Now, all of this, all of this is coming from what you were able to give for our Mission America. Now, so far, we have cohorts started in, in the Northwest, uh, in Oregon, Washington State area. Uh, we have in the, in the South, or excuse me, the Northeast, uh, we have seven, seven of these fixing to be started uh, in the northeast, uh, southeast, we're covering that uh, in in this area. Uh, now we, we're waiting on the we're waiting on the southwest, and Lord's willing, that's going to be started. We're going to have four corners of the United States, and we're going to work to the middle. Somebody say amen. amen. And so I just want you to know that that what you gave is going. It's working. Uh, we are working it. Uh, uh, you have given to a great cause, and God is moving. These guys are so excited. And these are not all pastors. Some of these uh, are, are businessmen. Uh, one is a retired pastor who wants to spend the rest of his life planting churches in, the, in, in Minnesota in areas. I mean, you've got to think there are some, some places it's more like villages and not necessarily cities that a, a, a church planner wouldn't normally go to because it's such a small population. But when you go and train a disciple maker who plants a micro church there, that anybody can do that. A businessman can do that. Uh, uh, somebody who is, is a resident of that area. So he's excited about that and I'm excited. So I thank God for what you did and your generosity and your sacrifice. And I thank God for what he's doing in that ministry. And all God's people say it. Now, let's look at Ephesians chapter number 4 and see if we can wrap this up today. Uh, we're going to start in verse 26. I just got 32 in your, in your notes, but uh, let's go back to verse 26. And, and let me tell you that what, what today is. <clears throat> today is the day. <clears throat> today is the day. You've been, you've been hearing and you've been learning and you've been taught for six weeks now uh, about forgiveness and unforgiveness and what you need and the help you have. And, 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 and I'll, I'll just briefly review some of that. But today you have to decide. Today is a day of decision. All of the information and all of the background and all of the truth that we found in God's word leading up to this point. Today is step by step. Okay, for six weeks we've given you the information. We've given you the truth. 
Now today, I'm going to, now y'all remember, I'm simple. I'm talking about simple redneck, give me, give me directions, man. I mean, I, I, I need, just tell me what to do. Tell me, I can't read your mind, give me a list. Do I have a witness, gentlemen? And ladies, ain't a man in this planet can read your mind. We would really like a list to know what makes you happy. Say amen. That's me. I want a list. Tell me one, two, three, four, five. So you got a list today. You have a list today. Step by step, what to do to be able to forgive that person. Now, now the key to this is you should have already been doing the stuff you've been learning. I need a witness. Now, after today, after today, if you remain in unforgiveness, you are choosing to live in rebellion. And all the hell you've been going through, you're going to continue going through it. Because there's great consequences to unforgiveness. And you're going to learn today that forgiveness is truly a matter of the will, not the temperature of the heart. And all God's people say it. Amen. Boy, that was sobering, wasn't it? Yeah. Verse 26, you need to hear what I'm fixing to say. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Why? Why? Neither give Neither give place to the devil. What does that mean? That means giving the devil an area to work in your life. It's called, have you ever heard the phrase, a foothold? You're giving the devil a foothold in your life to operate. All right? Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying means building up. In other words, if what you're fixing to say doesn't build up the one you're talking to, keep your mouth shut. That it may minister grace unto the hearers. And this is so important. Read it with me. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. How do we grieve Him? Verse 31, let all, come on everybody, let all bitterness and, 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 and be put away from you with all malice. How do we grieve him? By allowing bitterness to develop in our life. How do we develop bitterness? By unforgiveness. That's why he tells us in verse 32, let's read it all together. And... All right, watch this. Let's read it again. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, Did y'all catch that? A sinner is out with God the Father. And the only way we can be reconciled to God the Father is because of what Jesus did. In other words, the father did not forgive the sinner because of how he felt about the sinner. 
The father forgave the sinner because how he feels about his son. God didn't forgive you for your sake. He forgave you for his son's sake. I don't think you're getting what I'm putting down. How much more grateful should we be to the son? How much more obedient should we be to the son when he tells us to forgive? Because the only way we got forgiveness is because of the son. Does that make sense? Let's pray. Father, oh, it's good to be in your house. I love being around my family. Lord, it, 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 this is just energizing to me. It's like, it's like pulling into the gas pump and filling it all the way to the top. And Lord, I pray this is so important. This, this, this may be the most important message of it all. And I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated, but while you're being seated, I almost forgot I got so carried away. Uh, uh, we want to welcome. We want to welcome all of our, our our church family in Fairview. Uh, when I said the, said the word family, I'm saying I'm leaving part of our family out. So so will y'all welcome our Fairview family to our services this morning? <laughs> Amen. We love you guys, and we thank God for what's happening out there. And and uh, I, I want this to be a a message that truly. Is, is an application message that you can do. And that's the way I put each point. You can do what we are reading out today. And all of God's people say it. Now let's read that last verse again. Let's read that last verse again. Everybody, you at Fairview, read out loud for me if you will. Verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even as God for Christ's sake hath. Now can we all agree? Can we all agree that there is command after command after command after command in God's word that we are to forgive those who wound us? I can't hear you. Right? There's no doubt about it. We know that is God's will for our life to forgive those who have wounded us. Uh, in the last six weeks, we've learned, uh, I, I put a, a quote in your, in your notes, Dr. David Siemens in Healing for Damaged Emotions says, the two primary causes of emotional stress are the failure to forgive and the failure to receive forgiveness. And I, 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 I completely agree. I completely agree. On the 3rd of January, we began a series about the necessity of forgiveness. We've learned We've learned in the last six weeks, we've learned the consequences of unforgiveness. How many of y'all know that there is great, great consequences to unforgiveness? We learned about tormentors. We learned that, 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 that God will turn us over to tormentors. He said that just like, you remember when we, we talked about the man who was unforgiven, the servant who was forgiven a great debt, but he refused to forgive someone who had a small debt against him. And that is a comparison of our sin debt. Our sin debt was so great. Our sin debt was unpayable. But Jesus said, I will pay it and forgave it. Say amen. And then when we go and refuse to forgive someone who is indebted against us, he says that I'm going to do to you just like the king did to this servant. I will turn you over to the tormentors. And we, we learned what those tormentors are. We learned that it's anxiety. We learned that it's depression. We learned that it's anger, fatigue, health issues, uh, trust issues, the inability to trust. 
All of these things are wrapped up and manifested out of bitterness. And bitterness comes from unforgiveness. And I'm telling you, if you've ever been in that place, you've ever been in that place, you know how miserable that is. God takes unforgiveness very, very seriously. We learn the help that we have to be able to forgive. We learn about the scriptures and how to utilize them. We learn about the power that we have in us, the Holy Spirit, and how to utilize the, the Spirit's power in our life. We learned about the Savior who is in heaven interceding on our behalf and how we can look to the hills which cometh our help. Our help cometh from the Lord. We learned that last week. Last week we learned the main obstacle that is blocking us from having God's power to forgive and how we need to deal with that. If, if I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not. Come on, he will not. He will not hear me. We have to get it free. We have to get it out. If it, listen, forgiveness is supernatural. Say that with me. Forgiveness is, and I can't accomplish it in the natural. So I have to have God's power. And I cannot have God's power without God's touch. And you're not going to have God's touch if you're living in sin. Say amen. And so we got to clear the obstacle. We got to clear the way. We got to come and be clean and get right with God so that we can be able to do what we need to do. Now, I want to give you four things real quick. Real quick. And, and these will be. They, these are not very long points, just, just three, or excuse me, four particular steps. And, and most likely, the last one may be the most important. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. I know what some of you are thinking because usually when I, I hear a series that I'm really interested in or, or I'm in really need of, I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for the secret. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for uh, the, the... Thank you, brother. I'm, I'm glad you saw that because I didn't want to leave my square right here. All right. Now, I'm, we're waiting on the easy, right? We, we, want that, we want that pill that can make us lose weight without dieting and exercise. Come on. People are making millions off of it. And they still ain't done it yet. It's math, people. Math. Dieting is not complicated. It's math. You have to burn more than you take in. There is no magic pill. I wish there was. I would buy a bunch of them. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, it makes me angry when I sit down and I see something I want and I can't have it. Even if I didn't really want it, just knowing I can't have it makes me mad. Do I have a witness? And when we started this series, and I'm just pastoring, I'm, 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 talking, I'm talking Christian to Christian. I'm not talking as pastor here. I'm talking, I'm, I'm talking as someone who lived in unforgiveness too. Who had to forgive somebody that hurt me. And when I hear something, I'm thinking, okay, where's that secret pill? That'll make this easy. One of these messages, he's going to say something where it's not going to be hard. It's just going to be. I hate to disappoint you. Because there's nothing easy about it. There's, there's not. And if you've been waiting on the message in the series for the easy part. It's not going to come. We have to be willing to be obedient to what we know. And it's about our will. Our will. So, 
With that being said, here's the steps. How do we forgive that person who has wounded us or that situation in our life? It doesn't necessarily have to be a person. It could be a situation. It could be a tragedy. There are so many things that's come against our, us as people. Whatever it is that's causing you to get angry, and you can identify it. It's, it's very easy. I, in, in my situation, I, I, I had a, a, an incident with a person, and, 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 and the very next day, you know, I, I, I got to because I'm the pastor, you know. I, I called and said, you know, listen, I hope you forgive me. I forgive you, blah, 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 blah. But I didn't. I said it. And I said it real good, too. And I said it where it sounded like I did it, but I didn't. You say, how do you know you didn't? Because every time I seen him, Brother Doug, I wanted to tear his head off. And I would see him in public, and I would get, I would Feel it rising up in me. Now, I know, I know I'm not the only one. Well, preacher, I told them I forgive them. But why are you gritting your teeth when you see them? You know, let me tell you why? Because it still hurts. And you may tell you why it still hurts? Because it's not healed. And the reason it's not healed, it's not truly been forgiven. If you can still think about it and it still bothers you, it's not forgiven. It's still smoldering. You may not see the flame like it was, but down deep there's something still smoldering. And the way I knew, the way I knew that I had truly forgiven and I was truly healed is because I can tell you right now, I can tell you every part of the conversation, I can tell you every part of the incident, every single detail, but when I think about it, it don't even bother me. You know why? Because it doesn't hurt anymore. I don't get angry because I'm not hurting And I'm not hurting because I'm healed. And I'm healed because I finally forgave. Do I have a witness right there? So here's what we do. Number one. Number one. First step we take. We're going going to let this thing go today. We're going to make a decision. There there needs to be tons of people down at this altar. Because I know I've been preaching to a bunch of people this week. And all six weeks. First thing we're going to do. We're going to come to the altar. And we're going to thank Jesus for forgiving us. We're going to thank Jesus for forgiving us. Preacher, where do you get that from? Well, we know he forgave us, and the reason we've been forgiven is because of Jesus' sake, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And look what it says in Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with... With... Do you see that thanksgiving is there before you make your requests? When you come to God and you pray... Before you ever make your request, he says, give it with thanksgiving, then let your request be made known unto him. Before you ever ask him for your need, before you ever ask him for your power, before you ever ask him for his supply, you need to say, oh, God in heaven, I am so glad and I am so thankful for what you've done for me. I'm an undeserving sinner and I am thankful that you've forgiven me. I'm so thankful that you've wiped my sins away. I'm so thankful that you don't hold against me all the things that I've held against you. Somebody say amen. And when you begin your prayer with thanksgiving, it gives you confidence to know that if he did it then, he can do it now. Thank him. Thank him. Now, why is it important to thank him for forgiving you? Because it reminds you that you were guilty too at one time. And it also reminds you the debt you had was way more than the debt that's owed you. 
So we thank him first. Thank you, God. For, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Put it in perspective. Okay? Put it in perspective. I don't know how, how good of an imagination you have. I don't know how good of an imagination you have. But does it, did anybody see, I mean, the closest I can think of humanly portraying it or a picture of it. Anybody see uh, 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 the, where, where the, the, the crucifixion movie that, that, that Mel Gibson did? Anybody? The Passion of the Christ. Did y'all see, can you, I mean, and that's still not even close to reality as bad as it was. But that should have been you. He was totally, completely innocent. We are completely guilty. But he did that instead of you. Now, I don't know how much you feel you owe, but that's how much you owe. And so we need to thank him for the cross. We need to thank him for his sacrifice. We need to thank him for his love and his forgiveness. And it's unmerited. That means we did not earn it. We could not earn it. It was completely free. So before you ever try to forgive that person, first thank God for forgiving you. And all God's people say it. Listen, with thanksgiving. Say that with me. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto him. Because we're going to ask him to help us because I need help. If, if This wound that I have, this issue that I have, I need help. So I'm going to thank him for forgiving me. Now, secondly, write this down. This is huge. This is huge. Ask God for forgiveness of your sin of unforgiveness. This is, this is something that's sometimes hard for people to accept. You mean to tell me I'm in the wrong? Yes. Well, They're the one that did it. But you had a choice in how you responded. God gave you an opportunity to respond like Jesus. And you refused. And so, yes, we are guilty. If we are living in unforgiveness, that's a sin. It is an evil, wicked sin. The, the king called the servant, thou wicked servant. Say it with me. Thou. It's a big deal. Unforgiveness is a big, big deal. So we need to come to God and say, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry for not offering the same thing that you gave me freely. I'm sorry for holding someone else to a higher standard than you have. Guess what? Jesus paid for their sins on the cross too. Now think about that a minute. Jesus paid for every sin of every man. Do you hear me? Jesus paid for every sin of every man. But we're expecting that man to pay some more. You know what we're really saying by that? When we refuse to forgive and we expect them to pay, we're saying his blood wasn't enough. You see why it's such a big deal now? You see why Jesus takes that so personally? God, forgive me. 
What are we doing by doing that? Brother Mickle, we're removing the obstacle. We're removing the obstacle. We're getting the sin out. We're getting the issue out. If I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not hear me. I need him to hear me. Isaiah said that his hand is not heavy, that it cannot save, or or his ear is not heavy, that it cannot hear. His hand is not short, that it cannot save. But your sins have separated between you and your God. But if we come to God, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And all God's people say it. So number one, come on, say it with me. The faster you go, the faster I'll go. Number one. Okay, let's all say it again. Help me, Fairview, out there. Say it loud at Fairview. Number one. Thank God for forgiving you. Thank God for forgiving you. That's step one. Step two. And all God's people say it. Amen. Number three. Number three. Forgive each offense from the heart. Forgive each offense from the heart. Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you. Let's do a little session this morning. And just look at me for just a minute. Many times, many times people come in with symptoms. They're tired of being angry. They're tired of having trust issues. They're tired of dealing with fatigue. They're tired of depression. And all of the things that are manifested from bitterness. And they think that's the problem. They think that's the problem. It's just like when we go to the doctor. We have the sniffles. We have a fever. We have a headache. Why do we go to the doctor? Because we don't want a headache. You see, that's the indicator light. That's the light on the dashboard that says, dummy, go to the doctor. Right? And so you go, and the doctor will say, you have an infection. Now, he can give you Tylenol or or whatever for the fever and all of that, but if you don't kill the the infection, the symptoms are just going to come back, right? Now, now we can give out pills for for the the different symptoms. But if you don't dig out the bitterness, it's going to just keep coming back. And this is, this is what I usually do. I just sit and let them talk. And I say, tell me about, tell me about what's going on. And, and, and as they begin to talk, 90% of the time, the reason they come in is not the reason that they're there. They'll start talking about this situation and eventually what's really there comes out. And they begin to talk about how they feel when they're around a certain person or around a certain situation. And I said, well, how how do you feel when this... And boy, you could see it. Who is it that makes you angry? What is it that when you start thinking about it, it triggers on the inside of you and you start having those feelings and you start getting that tense... Are y'all with me? Say amen. So when we come to this point right here, you got to say, okay... Tell me the things that bother you. Well, this bothers me, and this person bothers me, and this person bothers me. Out of all of these people, which one bothers you the worst? When you think about the situation, when you think about what this person did to you, or this person did to you, or this person did to you, which one bothers you the most? And the more they talk, you will see. Well, it was my mother. Tell me about it. 
well, she did this and this and this and this. And, and, and so that's where we start. How do you eat an elephant? Come on, everybody. That's how we deal with this. Some of you have multiple situations in your life that you need to forgive. But thank God the Holy Spirit will bring them to your memory so you can deal with them. Come on. One at a time. And so we'll take one person at a time. It may be multiple situations of the one person. But you say, God, what's hurting me the most? And you'll, you'll think about it. You'll think about it. And I, and I know what you're thinking. Well, how am I supposed to remember all that stuff? Listen, you've you got to understand, if you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit knows all this stuff's inside of you. Even if you don't remember, He knows it's inside of you, and it's eating you alive from the inside out, and He will bring it to your memory one at a time so you can deal with them one at a time. And if you're willing to deal with them, He will keep bringing them up till there's none left, and you can be free. You can be free. You see, he is an incredible surgeon. There is no need for exploratory surgery because he's already explored it. Why do you think the psalmist said, search me? Search me, O God. Know me. See if there be any wicked way. That's what we need to do. God, search me. Is there any alt in my heart? Is, and by the way, you don't really have to ask that question because you know you've been living it. You know the alt that's there. You know the pain that's there. You know... Am I preaching to anybody this morning? And you take it one at a time. Preacher, you don't, know, you don't know the list that I have. I don't know the list, but I know how we do it. Come on. We take each person and each offense one at a time. And all God's people say it. Here's, here's, a, good, here's a good prayer to pray in that. God, who do I need to forgive? And what do I need to forgive them for? God, who do I need to forgive? And what do I need to forgive them for? You will start thinking about things that you had forgotten, but they're there and they're simmering. Many times in relationships, many times in relationships, and I hate this has turned into a counseling session, but I'm sorry, I'm just trying to be obedient. I have seen people that were wounded in relationships and marriages. And, 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 and Henry and Henrietta uh, had issues and problems and, and, and they get divorced and Henrietta goes over here and, and, and meets Julio. and that, now, now Julio and Henrietta are together and because of the problems over here, they, 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 they were never healed, they were never forgiven, they were never dealt with. He, she is now taking out on Julio what Henry did. And you think, well, I'm just going to get in a new relationship. Yeah, but you're going to carry wounds from the past relationship. And it's not even in relationships. You take it out on your friends. Hurt people hurt people. Let me say that again. Hurt people hurt other people. Y'all with me? So we're going to take each offense. We're going to pray. I've always, I've always, it's, it's always interested me when, when, when people say, how do I know if I have sin in my life? Well, that's a dumb question. You know. 
Because he's done convicted you about it from the time you did it. And he was telling you not to do it before you did it. I've never, ever had to wonder if I had sin in my life. Because he's the Holy Spirit. He, he warns you before you do it. Then he makes you miserable after you do it till you make it right. Do I have a witness? And so we know and pray. Say, God, who do I need to forgive? And what do I You may have to write it down. And say, today I'm letting this go. Today. Hey, the person you may forgive, they may not even be alive today. Well, how am I going to forgive them if they don't apologize? It's not about an apology. Forgiveness is not about the other person. It's about you. It's about you releasing them from owing you. That's what forgiveness is. You're releasing them. You're giving them to God. You're saying, you no longer owe me anything. And all God's people say it. Now, the last one. The last one. Now, I kind of fibbed to you a while ago. There's a little one. I didn't really fib, but this is an idea. Remember I said, remember I said when there's really no secret to this? You're not going to get to a certain message and say, oh, that's what makes it easy. This, this is really not that, and it's not a secret. But it's what helped me to finally let it go. This, is, this point right here is the catalyst that pushed me over the edge and helped me to go from saying it with my mouth to feeling it with my heart. How many of y'all, just so I know I'm on the right track here, how many of y'all have done that before? You've said it with your mouth, but you didn't feel it with your heart. I, man, I'm so glad. I, I'm not the only one. Now, I'm talking about months of this. Brother Scotty, months of being miserable. Months of seeing that person and just... Months of torment. Not being happy. And finally, number four, number four, this is what helped me the most. And you're going to think there's no way, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you listen. Number one, tell me number one, first step. Come on, everybody, loud. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four, ask God to bless them and look for ways to bless them also. Write that down and then look at me. I got Bible proof for this, guys. Ask God to bless them. What do you mean ask God to bless them? I want to burn the house down. Right? Come on, guys. I know who I'm preaching to. How am I going to ask God to bless them when I want to choke them? How am I going to bless them? Luke 6, 27. But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies. 
Do good. Say it with me. Do good to them which hate you. Good gracious. Bless. Say it with me. Bless them that. And. I think that qualifies. Couldn't that describe the person that hurt you? You feel like they're your enemy. They hate you. They curse you. They despitefully use you. I think that's close enough. But God says we're to pray for them. We're to bless them. We're to do good to them. We're to love them. Romans 12, 14. Bless them which persecute you. Bless. Say it with me. Bless. Come on. And curse not. Here's my example. Job 42.10. Before I read it, before I read it, if you're, if you're not familiar with the story of Job, Job is innocent. Job is a righteous man. So much so that he is so righteous and such an awesome guy that God's bragging on him. Are y'all with me? Satan is going to and fro, and he's the accuser of the brethren, accusing this one and accusing that one, accusing this. But he never brought up Job. God had to. What about old Job? Well, mm. so he's a good guy. He's an awesome guy. He's a God-fearing guy. He's a righteous man. But yet he begins to go through hell on earth for reasons that's not even his own. Now, fast forward this. He's got some friends. They come on the scene. And these friends, with friends like this, we don't need enemies. But these friends begin to accuse him of being wrong. Well, it's obvious that you did something wrong. It's obvious that God's mad at you. It's obvious that you wouldn't be going through what you're going through if you wasn't wrong and had sin in your life. Blah, 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 blah. There's more said about what his friends done to Job than any part of the whole book. There's more chapters dealing with the discussion back and forth between Job and his friends than anything in the whole book. Job's completely innocent. He's lost all his children. He's lost all his finances. Now, when you're poor like me, that's not that big a deal. But when you're the richest man in the East, that's a big deal. And all of this, and now he's lost his health. He's got sore boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. He is in excruciating pain every day. And now his friends are accusing him. I don't know about you. But it would have been very easy for me to get bitter. Brother Tim, if I had friends like that, I'm I'm telling you, I'm just telling you in my flesh, I'd be angry. I'd be frustrated. It It would create bitterness in me. And this is where I'm going with this. We know the story, right? We know the story. Oh, God. God gave him twice as much as he ever had and God and now he's twice as rich as he was and he's got these children now and and, and all of this oh it's it's happily ever after but what changed it 
What brought it to the point of turning it around? Let me show you. Look what it says in Job 42.10. And the Lord turned. He turned his situation around. Say that with me. He turned his now, some of y'all have struggled because somebody hurt you and you've been living with them tormentors. You've been living with fatigue. You've been living with inability to trust. You've been living with depression and anxiety and all of these things. And now you're frustrated. How many of y'all are ready for God to turn it around? Watch what it says. There was a point that God turned it around. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when... When also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. I always wondered why. Brother Doug, all the times I read Job, it never clicked in my head till this past series. And I remember what happened to me And I see what God is saying. Do you realize God required Job to pray for his friends before he turned it around? God was not going to let Job be bitter against his friends. Until Job blessed his friends who were accusing him and who, who... were horrible to him. But when he did, what'd God do? Could, could, can you, could you agree with me that we can say that Job forgave his friends? It's hard to pray for somebody you ain't forgiven. Come on. Preacher, I'm kind of struggling with this point. Well, let me tell you this. I told you I finally forgave that guy. And this is how it happened. I'm in an arena. I'm in an arena and I see this person. And I'm feeling it. God's been telling me over and over to deal with it. And and all of a sudden, God tells me to do something nice for him. I'm not going to go into detail what it was, but I had to get up from where I was and go do a certain thing that would have been a convenience for him and a blessing for him. And I said, Lord, do you remember what happened? Because I'm not sure that you remember whose fault this was. Because if anybody needs to be doing something nice for somebody, he should be doing it for me. I know y'all are way too spiritual to talk to God like that. He said, do what I tell you to do. This is the God's truth. This is God's truth. I ain't going to say it in the second service because Tammy will be in here. (laughs) Tammy knew about the whole situation. I went to get up. She said, where are you going? I told her what I was doing. She said, no, you ain't. (laughs) See, she's not as spiritual as me. And if I want her to know that, I'll tell her myself. 
She knew the whole deal. You going to do something like And this is what I told her. I said, I got to. Brother Doug, I was tired of it. I was tired of it. I was tired of feeling that way. I said, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, I'm just going to do it. And the moment I got up, I'm telling you, I can't even explain it. But the moment I got up, it was gone. Not the memory. I can remember every detail. I can still remember every detail. And now I can laugh at it. You know why? Because it don't hurt no more. God healed it. Because in the moment that I choose to obey God, to bless Him, that was the choice. That was when my will was to do what I'm supposed to do. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Say, so well, how do I might know what to do to bless them? I didn't come up with it on my own. I wouldn't have. I wasn't even looking for a way to bless them. But the Holy Spirit was tired of me being the way I was, and he said, this is what you need to do. And when I was obedient to what he said for me to do. So I want to encourage you to do this. If you have an issue in your life that you need to let go of, if you have a person that you need to forgive, you need to ask God, God, what can I do to bless them? I want you to bless them. And I promise you this, I promise you this, by not only the power and the truth of God's word, God turned it around for Job when he prayed for his friends. But on my own personal experience, I said it with my mouth, but it didn't change anything. But the moment I got out of my chair to be obedient to what God told me to do to do something nice for this guy, God healed my wound. And I truly believe in that moment is when I finally, come on, I finally let it go. You may, be, you may have said it. You may have said it to the person. But if you can still feel it, if you can still feel it, you haven't let it go.